Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. All right, God bless you. God bless you. Um, happy Sunday. Let me greet you all in the name of Jesus. Um, giving honor to God. I'm giving honor to Pastor Eddie and Sister Melinda, um, all the wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ, um, those greeting, um, visiting us uh, online. Thank you so much. God bless you. Um, I just want to extend before we preach a, another word of thanks. Thank you, Mary. Um, another word of thanks to those of you who are a part of the youth team um, or those of you who volunteered for the conference. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for extending yourselves, stretching your days, giving up time off, um, hanging out with us, sacrificing. All of this is worth it. Your reward is in heaven, and every testimony here you've contributed to, right? If you give a cup of cold water in my name, if a scoop of ice cream in my name, clean the bathroom in my name, you're doing it unto me. That's what Jesus says, Kavar Reed edition. So God bless you. Thank you so much. Um, special honor to my brother. I don't know where he went, but my brother is here. Um, I'm just so thankful for him. Um, I put out the bat signal and he came. Um, so yeah, it's good to have you know, family members who you can do ministry with. Um, but I also wanna take a moment to honor my parents um, and say to you parents, what you see from me and what you see from my brother is a direct result of Pastor Reed and Sister Reed. So for those of you who are parenting, those of you who are having a difficult time with your kids, I'm telling you, don't give up on them. Do not give up on your children. Right? We are a direct product of two wonderful Pentecostal people who believe in the power of prayer, and they lived exactly what they preached. Um, and what you're seeing today is just a result of their, their hard work. So they're at home doing ministry, but I just want to take a moment and, and tell them, just express, um, this is, yeah, yeah. All right, let's preach. Um, let's go to 2 Kings, please, chapter 4. Um, we'll put it up on the screen. Um, this is the last session of our youth conference, so we're going to do as we've done over the past previous um, sessions. So would you do me a favor? Um, honor the Lord by standing. We're going to read the scripture together, and then we're going to see what the Lord has to say. All right, so this is 2 Kings, 2 Kings, chapter 4. We're going to go from verse 1 all the way through verse 2. All right, y'all ready? Fantastic. Okay, I, I told the crowd... Friday and Saturday, y'all have to read with me, okay? Some of y'all, okay. Verse one, ready? The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Keep going. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, 
bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I want to speak to you today from the subject, the answer is in the empty. The answer is in the empty. We are continuing our series on the Holy Spirit, There Is More, and I want to speak to you today from the subject, the answer is in the empty. If you are new here, you're going to have to take some notes. That is not a joke. The answer is in the empty. So I don't have to convince anyone that our world is exploding. School shootings and kidnapping seem almost as common as the sunshine. The words, I hate you, flow so freely in so many homes and classrooms and comment sections. The number of teens struggling with addictions of all, rock, of all sorts is skyrocketing. Porn, sex, drugs, self-harm, video games, it's a problem. It seems like in the last two years, suddenly everyone is asking folks to declare their preferred pronouns and preferred gender, suggesting that how God made me is a mismatch, mismatch to who I actually am. And oh, by the way, there's a really big war going on right now with some big name countries, with some big time missiles, with some big time politicians who have to make some really big decisions. And somehow all of this is making gas prices skyrocket. You don't have to be a Christian to realize that our world is spiraling out of control. The Bible prophesied that this is exactly what life would look like in the closing days of human history before Jesus makes his return. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Paul says to his apprentice Timothy, mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, my brother, have nothing to do with these people. Here's why this scripture scares me so much. Not because it confirms the imminent return of Jesus, but because a few of these warning signs are very familiar to me. In my own Christian walk, I've battled with several of these troublemaking characteristics. Boastful, mm, without self-control, definitely. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God? Absolutely. This scripture tells me that though I love Jesus, I have the potential to be a problem in the last days. These signs of the times are not just manifesting in Ukraine, they are in Kavari. The moment I decide to give in to the temptations of my flesh and allow these qualities to set in and become my lifestyle, I will bring terrible times, last day's consequences in every sphere of my influence, my family, my workplace, and yes, even in my church. 
Paul the writer tells his apprentice Timothy, listen, avoid such people when you see them coming. But Timothy cannot avoid me because I'm his youth director. We play softball together. Jesus has saved me, absolutely. Jesus has called me, absolutely. But if I give in to my sinful tendencies, I will infect my ministry and be a problem for all of y'all in these last days. My private sins will have very public consequences. And this is exactly what Satan wants. He wants us to corrupt what God has called us to build in these last days. The devil wants us to be a last day's problem. He wants our sin tendencies to become our sin lifestyle and make this church look like a mausoleum, not a place that honors the spirit of God. I'm going to be the first one to confess that at times I have allowed the enemy to use me to hurt people and bring last day's problems up in here. But there's good news, my friends. I also see myself in another last day's scripture. And this one I'm very proud of. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those crazy days. So while in me there is the capacity for last day's problems, in me is the capacity for last day's prophesying, last day's foretelling the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if I just give up my sinful desires, if I give up the things that I'm holding on to that I know I should let go of, God will give me his Holy Spirit, the anointing I need to live in these last days. What a trade. In exchange for my sinful desires, all of my self-harm, all of my self-sabotage, God wants to give me the Holy Ghost. The power I need to be a part of the solution to the evil in these last days. In exchange for being motivated by lust and, and selfishness and greed that only leads me to problems, I can have the Holy Spirit working in me, motivating me to good, being a solution to the evil in these last days. So friends, there are only two options for us now. You can either, one, be a part of God's response to the evil of the times, or two, be a part of the evil that God is responding to. You and I can either bring perilous, dangerous, nasty times in our spheres of influence, or we can experience a great outpouring and be the solution to the problems everywhere we go. You can either be a part of the problem or a part of the solution. This is a choice we make every day. So in our story of the widow's oil, we're going to see how the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is the solution to her family's last days. Through this teaching, I want to cover three things. And you can tell these students are my students because everybody got three points. I love y'all. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> All right, here are the three things I want to cover. 
One, I want to talk about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Second, I want to talk about who qualifies for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Third, I want to talk about the impact the Holy Spirit has on an individual and everybody who's around them. One more time for emphasis. I want to talk about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about who qualifies, who's a candidate for the outpouring, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to talk about the impact the Holy Spirit has on a person and those around them. All right. Second Kings chapter uh, 4, reading from verse 1 through 4. One more time. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two, my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. Your servant has nothing there at all, she says, except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. So, in the last days, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on everybody. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. But when we look at our story, these were this woman's last days, and there's barely anything to pour. And her sons were not prophesying. These boys were on their way to prison. Our story is a horror story. There's a dead man a devastated woman, some doomed children, and some debt collectors. This family's best days seem to be behind them. The future of this family is about to be cut off. And looking at its picture, it's easy to say, this is not a family that's a candidate for the, for the outpouring. This is a problem. But we know what God has already shown us in the scriptures. God will pour out where there are problems. So his anointing will be the solution. Family dysfunction, brothers and sisters, does not disqualify you from a Holy Ghost outpouring. So, you got a problem in your home? The outpouring is the solution. Kids acting up? Holy Ghost is the solution. Chaos in your mind, you can't sleep, you can't even think right, your thoughts aren't pure? The Holy Ghost is the solution. And you just have to exchange, accept God's exchange. You have to give God your hot mess in exchange for the Holy Ghost. This is exactly what Elisha tells the widow. She went to him hoping he could fix it. Yo, maybe a bailout. Maybe, you got any more stimulus checks? What, what's going on over there? And Elisha says, lady, you don't need a rescue plan. You just need the oil to be poured. You don't need another prophetic word. You don't need another day of the conference. You don't need a new husband. You just need the oil to be poured. Friends, what solutions, what substitutes have you been looking for for your last day's problems? And how's that working out for you? What solutions have you tried for your pain? How's that working out for you? Listen to what God says. The oil, the Holy Ghost, the outpouring is the answer to your problems. The Holy Ghost is the answer to your problems. Trade your hot mess for the Holy Ghost. 
What is this oil? What is this oil? Let me teach you a little bit. The oil in scripture is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, the third member of the triune God, who is sent by God the Father for people who follow Jesus the Son, that they may accomplish more for the kingdom of God. One more time. The oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, the third member of the triune God who is sent by God the Father for you and I who follow Jesus the Son that we might accomplish more for the kingdom of God here on earth. The oil on a person's life signifies that God is pleased with them and that he has now set them apart to do more for his kingdom than they can do without the outpouring of the Spirit. We see this in uh, when Samuel was anointed king by David, when Samuel anointed David to be king, God chose. Or when Mary was chosen to, be given, to give birth to Jesus, and the angel says to her, listen, how's this going to happen? The Holy Ghost is going to do it. The oil, the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God is the power of God you need to do more than you can do in your natural ability. How are we still standing after three days of conference? It's the Holy Ghost. This is Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. The yoke shall be destroyed because he went to a good counselor. Because he tried really hard. Because every day he did his affirmations. And there's value in all those things. But my brother, my sister, you need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the bondage-breaking, weight-lifting, mountain-moving power of God that can dwell in you and propel you to do more than you can do right now in your flesh. When the Holy Spirit dwells in a man, in a woman, their efforts just go further. Their money goes further. Their prayers go further. Their testimonies go further. Their preaching goes further. Their song goes further. Because he was anointed, because he was spirit-filled, David's stones weren't just skipping rocks. They had giant killing power at 12 years old. It's the Holy Ghost. His heart playing was not just for likes on Instagram and TikTok. They had demon-chasing power. Why? Because he was filled with the Holy Ghost. How does a young man make such a big difference? It's the oil. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing. Sisters and brothers, are you, are you frustrated with the last day's problems? Are you tired of all this nonsense going on in the world? Are you tired of just seeing your kids get beat down by the devil? Are you tired of kids of going to schools and hearing nonsense and trash thrown out you? Guess what? You just need, you need the oil in your life. You need the Holy Ghost to be a solution to the problems that you're complaining about. Trade your hot mess. For the Holy Ghost. This is why Elisha asked the woman, Sister, what's in your house? Because she had the oil there, everything she needed was already there. Friends, I don't say this lightly. People die, but the anointing never dies. Great women of God, they come, they go. They come, Reinhardt, they come and they go. The anointing is never going to die. 
Their impact is not based on their personality. It's based on the depth of the, the amount of God they took in, the, the amount of, of surrender they gave to Jesus. And this anointing is also similarly freely offered to you and I. This is why there was an Elisha after Elijah. This is why there was a Joshua after Moses. This is why there's going to be somebody after me, somebody after pastor, somebody after all of us. Because people die. The anointing, it never dies. So Elisha tells this woman, listen, sister, don't panic. I know your husband was a man of God, but guess what? You still got oil up in your house. It didn't die with him. And it's the anointing that's going to break the yoke off of her family, even though right now they have a broken heart. It's the anointing that's going to solve her last day's problems. Students, I love y'all. I love that we have great godly mentors, but my God, like, don't try to be another Billy Graham. Don't try to be another Stephen Furtick. Don't try to be another Maverick City. Seek to be a person that God is pleased to pour into. That's how you'll be a solution to the problems in these last days. So the answer to our last day's problems is the Holy Ghost. But, second question, who among us qualifies for the outpouring? Right? Who's a candidate for the baptism of the Holy Who can have this power, this demon-chasing, weight-lifting, mountain-moving power? Who can have that? Verse 3 and verse 4. Elisha said to the woman, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. So it's probably super confusing for the neighbors of this family when this woman, who they all know is broke, is asking, hey, you got some containers? After all, they knew she ain't got nothing up in her house. And empty containers literally have nothing to offer, or so they thought. And while the empty, while the empty can seem to have no purpose in the wrong house, in the right house, where there's oil, where there's anointing, where there's Holy Ghost, the empty get to leave full. Write this down. The one qualification for the oil is to be empty. The one qualification for the oil, the one qualification for the demon-chasing, weight-lifting, mountain-moving power of God is that you be empty. 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 Containing nothing. <laughs> empty. Having room to receive. Empty. Wanting fullness. Being empty is essential to being a successful follower of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, seeing as we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so doth easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Empty. Just get rid of it. Get rid of it. We empty ourselves in prayer. That's where we remove the stuff in us that grieves the Lord. When we pray, God even brings things to the surface that we did not even realize were things. Reading, meditating, obeying the word of God, that empties us. It washes our minds. It cleanses our, our hearts. It cleanses our mouths. It removes our guilt. And if you are a believer, this daily washing, this daily discipline, yo, it got to be your daily bread. 
If your life is empty of the world, God promises he will fill you with his spirit. That's it. The answer is in the empty. John chapter 14, verse 15 through 17, Jesus says to his disciples, listen, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. John chapter 7, 37 to 39. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. But the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet, not yet glorified. Sisters, brothers, too many of us claim to be Christ followers, but we are filled up with the world's garbage. We know every Kardashian by name. We practice every new dance move, but we have yet to memorize some new scripture. We binge watch all kind of nonsense on Netflix, but we can't stay awake in church. Stop it. The answer is going to be in the empty, not the one who's full of the world. You know why we're struggling? You know why worship is hard and I can't lift my hands. I can't go to the altar. I, you know why all that stuff is happening? We want to follow Jesus, but we love the world more than Jesus. So we live in this tension. This is why we don't have joy. This is why we feel like we're just going through the motions. It's because we're so full of ourselves and full of the world. There's no space for God. And so we come up in his house and there's no capacity for the things of God. Of course you don't like being here. You're full, of, you're full of what's out there. In, my last, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, says the Lord. This is his promise for you. This is the answer for you. But you have got to be empty. The answer is only going to be found in the empty. Verse 3 and verse 5. Verse 3 through 5, I'm sorry. So go around, ask for all the jars, and then go inside and shut the door behind you. Pour the oil in the jars. She left him, and afterwards she shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. Knowing the value of the oil in the empty vessels, this woman and her sons start knocking on doors all over the neighborhood, trying to find as many empty vessels as they can. The vessels other people said were expendable. Hey, I'm not using that. You can take it. She said, listen, that's essential because I got oil up in my house. Christians, hear me. Unbelievers are not your problem. They are your assignment. Go get them. Hmm? They are people with potential for the outpouring. Go get them. Go get them. There are people in your sphere of influence right now who are not saved, who need God. And like this woman, it's your responsibility. Start knocking on some doors and go get them. There's something here that's going to change them. It's the oil. There's something here that's going to fix them. It's the oil. God has a great purpose for them. There are things, miracles, signs, and wonders that are only going to happen here because the oil is here. They can't experience the stuff they need out there. 
God promises to pour his spirit on all people, everybody. And we get to partner with him in bringing everybody up in here. That's the New Yorker coming out of me. This is why he told the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Tell them everything I told you. It's the gospel that prepares you and I for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You can't be content going to heaven when you know your friends are going to hell. Go get them. Stop complaining about them. Go get them. Oh, Brother Kavar, she's, she ain't saved. Sin is sin. My mom, always said, my mom always said that. Sin is sin, man. Relax. Get them saved. Talk to them about Jesus. Stop complaining about them. Send them a link to the church service. Easy evangelism. Stop being lazy. You already text them. <laughs> Invite them to come to church in, purpose, in, um, in person. That's not hard. Tell them your testimony of what Jesus has done for you. That's not hard. Pray for them daily. That's definitely not hard. Live a life that's empty of the world and let them see what it looks like to be full of the Holy Ghost. That's how you get them. Don't be shy. Don't be selfish. The oil is for them too. We're going to close with verse 5 and verse 6. She left him, and afterwards she shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, Mom, there's none left. Then the oil stopped flowing. A very simple principle here. If I'm not experiencing the outpouring of the Spirit of God in my life, God is telling me he's not seeing any empty space he wants to fill. The oil is the Holy Ghost. And if he doesn't see a space for him, he ain't showing up. There's five seats at the table, five of them are full. You want him to stand and be rude? According to verse 6, as long as there was an empty jar, there was an outpouring. But when there were no empty vessels left, there was no more oil flowing. The problem will never be with the promise. The problem will never be with the outpour. The problem will always be with the pot. Me and you. Friends, I don't want God to overlook my ministry. Look at my ministry and say, Kavar, I know you want all these things. You want signs, wonders, miracles. But my man, there are no jars up in here. I don't want God to look over a room of us, River of Life, Assembly of God, and say, I know y'all are singing, we make space, we make room, we want you to move, but I'm looking and I don't see not one empty pot up in here. What you want me to do? The answer is in the empty. Church, I need, I need the outpouring in my life. I don't want to run on adrenaline. I want my life to run on anointing. Adrenaline is going to wear out. The anointing doesn't die. In fact, it pushes you beyond what your skill and your preparation can do. The anointing is what sets people free. It's what changes futures. It's not your talent. It's not your word. It's not how much you rehearse. It's the fact that you're empty and you allow the spirit to do what he needs to do. The oil is the answer but it needs an empty container to be carried. And that container can be you. But I have family drama. So, yeah, she never, her husband done died and left her in debt. <laughs> drama, Judge Mathis. 
just got to be empty. You can carry the demon-chasing, weight-lifting, mountain-moving power of God in your belly. That's, that's for you. You can carry that power into dead situations and help people get free. That's what you can do. If you're feeling frustrated with the world's conditions, don't shut yourself off. Just, oh, Jesus, come soon. No, no, no. Empty yourself. Open yourself up to the Holy Spirit. And step into those situations with the power of God that can break yokes. Quran, I'm done with this. Sisters and brothers, the Holy Spirit is around us. All around us. But if you're a Christian, God wants to have the Holy Spirit dwell inside of you and give you his power so that through you, he can rescue the world. You're the solution. The answer wants to be in the, in the empty. Pastor always said it. You can be the host for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is more of God so that you can do more for God. But you and I have to have to prepare for the outpouring. You can get another dimension of God in you. You can walk in another dimension of glory every single day. That's for you. But you have to be empty. God's looking for an empty vessel that takes no good skill, that takes no good family genes, that takes no church history, just a heart that wants Jesus and, and not the world's junk. Today, this, case, this place can be a house full of vessels filled with oil. But it's up to each of us to be empty so God can fill us. The answer is only going to be found in the empty. Let's go to that last slide. So, students are used to this by now. We're going to pray. But you need to reflect. I I'm done. I gave you the stuff. But here's your chance to sit with God right now and, and, and talk to him about the stuff that he's been bringing up in this sermon. Okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at these questions, and I want you to be, to be answering them for yourself. Right? Write them down if you want to. Pray them if you want to. But this is going to be our guide, because we want Jesus to deal with us. And at the end of this service, we don't want to leave here the same way we came. We either want to be empty, or we want to be full of the Spirit. That's the only two ways we want to leave this place. Don't be full of the junk of the world. So here's what we're going to do. Question one, think about it. What problems have you caused in these last days? I already confessed mine, so I, you know, I'm out here. What you've been doing? And how's that impact? How's that impacting your spouse? How's that impacting your kids? How's that impacting your work life? How's that impacting your relationship with God? What you doing? Two, what are you using to cope with your last day's problems, right? Because we got stuff, but sometimes we're like, ah, what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna numb that. I know it's a problem, so I'm gonna deal with it like this way. I know we're having issues, so we're just gonna get divorced. Right? I know I'm not being nice to the kids, so I'm just gonna avoid them. Are those, are those healthy habits? What are you doing to, to cope? Number three, what's taking up the space that the Holy Spirit wants? The answer's in the empty, so what are you full of? I'm full of gossip, man. I'm full of hypocrisy, God. I'm, I'm full of lust, God. I, I've been sitting here and all I've been thinking about is X, Y, Z. That's what you're full of. What are you full of? What's taking his space? What, what's worth more to you than having the Holy Spirit? It's the sex. It's the porn. I'm not giving that up. Then that's your God. Four, what does God want, who does God want you to get and bring into his kingdom? 
Those of you who are saved, y'all know people in the sphere of your influence. And as I was speaking, I pray that the Holy Spirit begins to like bring people to your mind. That he's like, yo, go get her. There's a seat right open next to you. You, you know you can send her the link to this sermon today. What you doing? Last one. Do you want God to anoint you and use you to set people free? If no, then, then none of this makes sense. But if yes, then you need to empty yourself. Because the answer is only going to be found in the empty. All right. I'll give you one minute. Think through these questions. And then we're going to pray. And then we're going to see what the Lord has to say. Let's begin to pray. Pray through your questions. Think through your questions. God, these are my problems. This is the stuff I'm doing. I'm prideful. I'm lustful. I'm mean. I am nasty. A lot of the times, I, I'm, hip, I'm so hypocritical. I'm so fleshy. <laughs> I don't want to know why you use me, God. Like, I'm, just, I'm, I'm the problem. And the truth is, I cope with it by blaming other people. It's their fault. <laughs> they don't use me. It's, they don't like me. It's, it's my genes. It's my dad's fault. My dad raised me this way. I'm coping like that. But God, so much stuff is taking up space. Lust is taking up space. Pride is, money is taking up space, God. I'm full of a desire for money. I just can't wait to get out of here and go to work. I confess that, you know what's worth more than you to me? I don't know, just being popular. That matters a lot more to me. Having my name in lights, that, that matters a lot more to me. I confess that. I have friends I know you want me to bring into your kingdom. It's my boss. I know I can witness to him. I can just live a spirit-filled life before him, and, and that's the way he can come to know you. And Lord, I just, I want you to anoint me. I do. I want you to, you, I want to walk onto the University Mission campus with demon-chasing, chain-breaking, mountain-moving power. That's what I want. Okay. Hopefully you've done your reflection. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to come to the altar, and you can come, and you can empty yourself. But if you are empty, if you're already empty, today's your day to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you're only coming for two reasons. One, you're coming because there's, you know, there's stuff in you that gotta go. That's cool. Or you're coming because you're like, Brother Kavar, yo, I've confessed everything. I'm, after three days of conference, I, I ain't got nothing left and I'm ready for power. And then you can come, okay? So you're either responding to one of those things. So come, let's go. You're either coming to be empty or you're coming for power. That's, and that's what we're doing today. You're coming to be empty or you're coming to power. Our altar workers are here, but you come and you pray, right? We're not wasting this opportunity. We're not wasting the glory of God. You come and you pray. We have our altar workers. They'll stand behind you. They'll come and support you. But as you come, begin to talk to God. We got questions up on the screen. You can pray through whatever you need to get close to God. This is what we're going to do. We surrender some stuff. You can confess your problems. You can tell him you're ready for, for his Holy Ghost. Say what you want, but let's go. Let's talk to Jesus. It's our chance to talk to Jesus. Jesus, I'm full of stuff and I surrender those things now. Here I am. I'm surrendering, man. I'm letting that stuff go. I'm letting that stuff go. You take what you want. You feel me, Jesus. You, till, you feel me, Jesus. Come again. Come again. you go.
Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.